0: As more and more comes to light in a post-COVID world, we begin to look back and see what went wrong and what went right, right? So we can get it right in the future. You have to always go back to history to see that and, uh, you know, one of the the big elements of this whole COVID uh, episode we've been through, my fellow Americans, is that uh, the suppression of early treatment. That's that's really the story to come out of this era. I've got to tell you right now, it's the suppression of early treatment, uh, bar none. Uh, had we not done that, I, I actually am shaken to the core to think of how many lives would have been saved, period, end stop right there, right? That's it. That would have made all the difference in the world. Uh, part of this early treatment, and one of the things I want to focus on today, is a little bit more of the nasal hygiene that is also so significant. And, you know, I had no idea of this a couple of years back, uh, truth be told. I had no concept that, first of all, we'd be dealing with this today, but that nasal hygiene was such a deal uh, that it was a big deal and would help us not just with a SARS-CoV-2 sort of thing, but I'm talking with, you know, all kinds of things, superbugs, uh, other pathogens, viruses, viruses all kinds of things that uh, this would be uh, helpful. And there's a whole history of this, by the way. You're gonna learn a lot today. Uh, I I look forward to the conversation. And let me just tell you, we'll have a couple of uh, brilliant gentlemen on here. Uh, Nathan Jones will join us. He's the founder and CEO of Clear. That's uh, spelled X-L-E-A-R. And this, you've probably heard of this out in the marketplace. It's a xylitol-based sinus and oral care product line they have. Very interesting. But he's got a whole history here. This is not a new operation. He's been doing business since about 2000, uh, well before COVID. So that Puts that into context, and uh, our very own Dr. Peter McCullough is here, of course, as an academic internist, uh, cardiologist, and epidemiologist from Dallas, Texas, as you all know. Uh, So that's let's begin to peel the onion, and let me start. I think here with. in my own personal experience, and then we'll we'll begin to peel this and get into some studies and some thoughts and, and and we'll lay it out here. We'll talk more about xylitol. We'll talk more about the early suppression of treatment. We'll talk more about, there's a lot of pieces to this, as well as uh, lawsuits uh, that are flying with the FTC. Uh, some of those interesting developments we'll get into as well. Um, so personally, my own personal story, as many of you know, I, I, you know, I was hit in my own life with COVID in a profound way. And I came very, very close to losing my wife. I mean, by the grace of God, she, we got through that episode. I still pinch myself to realize that that actually happened. You know how sometimes something happens in your life, it becomes a blur, and you get through it, if you're lucky, and then you get to the other side and say, what happened? Well, that's kind of one of these things, you know, we were like, uh, hit so hard with this, but in the case of my wife, what happened is uh, her immune system was compromised because of a car accident. Uh, someone had uh, hit her in a front end collision Uh, Came across the double yellow line, as you know, and hit her and almost killed her there. That was just weeks before we contracted COVID. The problem is when COVID hit, um, we were in the Delta uh, variant stage. And so it was the worst possible moment you could have got this thing. And both my wife and I got it. Um, she was heavily compromised because it got into her respiratory tract. So we, again, didn't use the nasal hygiene or any of this stuff, which is why I bring it up. Uh, Luckily, we were blessed to have the minds and the brilliant minds on the platform, um, like Dr. McCullough and many others on this network as well, that were so helpful uh, to me personally. And, but what happens is, this this problem, this SARS-CoV-2, it comes in through your, your nose, and then it gets into your respiratory tract. The problem with, in my wife's case, it got into her lungs. And when it gets into your lungs, it gets deep into your lungs. That's the problem. And that's where we were with my wife. And she was just an inch away from being on a ventilator uh, in the hospital. And we gave the early treatment, and we saved her life with early treatment, basically. But it, the breathing became a real problem is the story here as many of you know uh, but i think back to then had we used all the nasal hygiene prior to that what that difference that would have made uh, in our own lives uh, now let me bring on nathan jones right now and let's set this up a little bit uh, nathan um uh, on your uh in, in your very good website which we'll talk about a little bit but um You bring it back to uh, 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 the simple point of washing your hands. You bring it back to a gentleman called Semmelweis, Ignaz Semmelweis. And uh, he was the standard of care where back 150 years it took for people to realize that washing your hands would make a difference. And you do a comparison of that, of washing your hands to nasal hygiene, when you're talking about bacteria and viruses. Kind of take it from there and tell us. The importance uh, in your w- with your studies and what you've learned about this, of in comparison to washing our hands, which everybody understands what that is, uh, to uh, nasal hygiene. There.
1: Well, so we so we've been doing this, like you pointed out, for about for almost a quarter of a century. Um, I got into it because of my dad, and my dad is is a physician who's retired, but. He's the one who really, even when he was practicing before he started utilizing xylitol in a nasal spray, he would utilize a saline, just a saline spray with his patients. And when we as children uh, were sick, he would, the first thing he would have us do is, is use a saline with, you know, if it was an upper respiratory infection. The second one is you would have us um, constantly be drinking this, he called it joy juice, but it was an oral rehydration thing to make sure that we kept hydrated. Um, it wasn't until the nineties that he actually read these studies about how xylitol in, in all these dental research studies, because the big research behind the sugar xylitol that we use is that it blocks bacterial adhesion, but it's most of the research is actually done in dental studies. And he read some of these papers that were published showing how the xylitol is blocking bacterial adhesion of strep pneumo, H flu, MCAT, stab, all these other bacteria that are pathogens in the upper airway. And so he goes, well, if it works in the mouth, why doesn't it work in the nose? And he had babies that were constantly getting sick with upper respiratory ear infection, stuff like that, otitis medium. And so he goes, well, let's try it. And so, you know, there's no, the thing is is it's so safe that there's no danger in trying. I mean, it's a natural sugar. It's not a, a sugar that feeds bacteria that, that you know, that, that helps them replicate, um, quite the opposite. But he mixed them into a, a regular little saline spray and started washing these kids' nose out, and they just stopped getting sick. Wow! wow. And and then he talked to me about it, and that's you know a couple of years later, I quit my day job and and started the company in 2000, and that's where we've been since then.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I read that I knew your your dad was Lon, Lon was the first name Lon Jones. Alonzo, but he goes by lawn. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. And uh, so now I see the history of that. Was you one of the first ones out there uh, back when we talked about 2000, but in the discovery of this uh, with this whole um, n- uh, nasal hygiene, was, you, was there a whole history of this or were you one of the early ones?
1: Oh, no, no. There's a, there's a whole history going back thousands of years of people using saline to wash out their nose. And he really was the first one that really started looking at other things that you can add to it. And, and the analogy that you make with, with hand washing is, there's a lot of people who can go in and you know they just rinse their hands off with water and there's some benefit to that. But if you wanna take it a step further, you use soap. And soap is just really a surfactant. It blocks bacterial adhesion, it, it helps wash away dirt and grime because it works as a surfactant. Xylitol is doing the same thing In the nose. I mean, it's doing the same thing to the bacteria and blocking that bacteria, and as we're finding now, viruses from actually adhering to the tissue. And so he started using that. And then you can go a whole other level. And, you know, you have hand sanitizers, which actually just kill everything. And you can do that. And there, you know, there's a group that that uses iodine. I know that the Dr. McCullough talks about it. There's a group that uses iodine in a nasal spray. And there's a time and a place for that also.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's it's interesting what you learn from all of this with the, with the nasal hygiene. You know, I made the statement on broadcast uh, multiple times that uh, I, and I really believe this in my heart of hearts. And, and you've heard me, Dr. McCullough, speak about this. Uh, but I believe early on in 2000 in the uh, pandemic, and there were so many uncertainties. I give you that. And there's so much we were still learning. I, I understand that as well. But we started to see how bad this all was This with the suppression of early treatment, with the meds like I- ivermectin, like hydroxychloroquine. Uh, a lot of these things w- became very politically toxic uh, and you just you, you couldn't use them. And it became this game of left and right in our country it was pretty sick, actually, uh, the way it all transpired. But I made the statement multiple times on air Had we armed every American with some sort of a nasal hygiene product, uh, by golly, we would have, I really believe in my heart of hearts, I I can't say it any other way, we would have saved countless lives and improved the quality of lives for so many others that are suffering with long COVID. Um, In your experience, what do you you think about that statement?
2: Well, I certainly think that uh, the revelations, Then it's, it's sad that it's so far in coming, it's Dr. Peter McCullough, and great to join uh, Nathan and Malcolm. Uh, the revelations that the virus actually enters the body largely through the nose. It can enter through the um, eyes and the mouth, but most of the breathing occurs through the nose. We do testing in the nose, largely. People ought to know that the virus is found in the nose, that we should do something in the nose. Uh, and, you know, hand sanitizer, wearing masks, social distancing, it's not handling what's inside the nose. So so I think, you know, this idea of having a framework, uh, a common sense framework of understanding what's going on, a virus is replicating in the nasal passages, the nasopharynx, uh, and then it's actually invading the lungs, as you pointed out. In preparation for this, Malcolm, I sent Nathan a paper, and the first author is Ramalingan, And it's from the uh, Royal Infirmatory of Edinburgh. And the title of the paper is A Pilot open Label Randomized Control Trial of Hypertonic Saline, Nasal Irrigation, and Gargling for the Common Cold, which found benefit, and in the introduction, it summarizes, as Nathan points out, data that goes back to the 1960s. So the idea here is that hopefully something good coming out of the pandemic, that's how you opened this, will be the fact that we now pay acute attention to oral and nasal hygiene, both in the prevention and active treatment of viral and other pathogenic upper respiratory tract infections.
0: Now, I, I do think that's gonna be one of the biggest outcomes. I mean, what I've learned about this, and that's why I wanna bring this information of nasal hygiene to everybody, because my sense is, and Dr. McCullough, I, I think you might agree with this, but my sense is that you know, uh, five, 10 years from now, Uh, I think this is going or hopefully much sooner, by the way, I don't mean to say it's going to take that long, but sometimes it does. I think it's going to become a pretty uh, regular habit, a daily habit of all of ours uh, between washing their hands. But that nasal uh, hygiene, because of everything going through the, the nose there, that's got to be serious. And I think we'll cut down on so many problems, even the common cold, don't you think?
2: I do, and it's not just for the individual benefit. And the data in aggregate uh, suggests that doing this can prevent infection. If one has infection, it can reduce the intensity and the duration of symptoms and the complications. But not only that, but reducing spread to others. And even in this paper of something so simple as saline, transmission was reduced within a household context in this comparative study by 35%. And this is just saline. Can you imagine uh, having xylitol or povidone iodine or hydrogen peroxide or colloidal silver or nitric oxide? There's a variety of different agents that can be used. But the point is reducing spread. This is so important, Malcolm. Uh, Many of the listeners know I've just gone through a series of upper respiratory tract infections because I've been pushing it so hard on the road. And so I work through that. And I can tell you, I am now so religious about this. I will not travel without a nasal spray bottle, which I never did in years previous. And I can tell you working through this, I haven't spread anything to anyone else, including my wife, close contacts in the the household, and then people out on the road. When I was uh, acutely sick, obviously I didn't travel and I kept myself away from people, but the point is we can reduce spread of upper respiratory tract illnesses tremendously if we have population-wide nasal hygiene measures implemented.
0: Yeah, and to your point, uh, in September 2020, uh, JAMA uh, had a study uh, using nasal sprays to combat SARS-CoV-2. Researchers concluded that using a nasal spray that deactivates the SARS-CoV-2 virus in the nose may not only prevent person-to-person spread of SARS-CoV-2, but may also diminish the severity of disease in patients by limiting spread and decreasing viral load delivered to the lungs. To me, that says everything, Dr. McCullough. And that was the setup. When I came in and I spoke about my wife, Dee, what we went through, I think about this. And because the lungs is almost what took her out and killed her. Uh, because it got deep in there. And so and when I hear that statement there back to September 2020 and the, the, that report from JAMA, I have to tell you, Peter, you know, I just wish we knew more back then. And that because we could have probably avoided the severity of what we went through, don't you think?
2: Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I know I've spent time with Nathan on this. Nathan may want to comment that there's really such an, a tremendous compendium of really tractable. Preclinical and clinical papers showing that the concept works, doesn't it, Nathan? Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, you're referring to the paper that came out in JAMA, but we there were actually papers that we had the data to. They, you know, obviously we get the data and they get published, you know, a couple of months later. But there were there was data that came out of Vanderbilt University where the NIH paid for this study, Mm -hmm. and they used they used just salt water. They had patients who were all over the age of 60, high risk. They had people who tested positive, people who had symptoms. They used just salt water, and 100% of those people were better within a a week. But yet the NIH doesn't share that information. They had the data from that study in June of 2020. That's a full five months before the vaccines were available. So Nathan, and, answer
0: me, why don't they, I mean, uh, uh, the outrage, um, I'm outraged with what you say, why don't they share that?
1: I—that I, That is, I mean, we try to share it and they, and even the companies that are making these products, Navaj, Neomed, um, all of these other companies, they tried to share this data. We all received warning letters from the government. Telling us that we better not that we that we better not do it or else.
0: This is what I don't understand. This this is insane. Now, Peter, you've been at the crux of all of this uh, with all of this happening. God knows lawsuits and threats, and we've had all kinds of things happen, even on the network here, death threats and everything else. Uh, but here, you know, as Nathan points out, NIH. Uh, what other conclu- conclusion could one come to uh, based on that information?
2: I've concluded that there, from the very beginning was a plan to comprehensively suppress any forms of treatment for this illness. And, you know, honestly, this includes even undermining the emergency use authorization products. Monoclonal antibodies uh, were undermined and pulled off the market for theoretical reasons, never featured. Even the oral drug uh, paxlovoid being undermined by the CDC in a health warning letter, uh, Molnupiravir, the other EUA oral drug, not featured or mentioned at all uh, in any of the um, promotional materials from HHS, uh, and, and then a wide open war against other forms of treatment. You know, there's there was a war actually against forms of supplements, and then what Nathan's pointing out, the clearest example are official warnings going to companies. Uh, Nathan mentioned a few. I shared one with you. Malcolm, that went to uh, CoFix RX, another company that makes a povidone iodine spray. But I can tell you the sum total of this was active suppression of anything that could help people. And the companies, uh, in, in my view, and the scientists are more than willing to uh, be careful and not overstate the claims. And when I testified in the U.S. Senate on November 19, 2020, the minority chairman of the... Um, Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, which was Gary Peters at the time, he actually made a Freudian slip. He said that we don't want to offer hope to Americans. And I think he meant to say false hope. I am telling you, it's been in the minds of people to offer no hope for this illness outside of one solution.
0: I mean, you know, listeners, I'm sure as you hear all this, your mouth about has got to drop on the floor as mine does. Um, Nathan, when you hear Dr. McCullough put that statement out there right now, and he, he speaks of the um, uh, the committee hearing and all, and when you talk about hope and, and what conclusion in your world with the people you you associate with and hang with, and then you know, because it's a different world than what we're in here in the media world and with McCullough as well, what what is your sense? Of what took place here, really and truly. I mean, you mentioned the NIH, there's so many other things and information that weren't released properly uh, from the CDC and the FDA and the, the balls that were dropped here. What, what is your sense of what's going on here?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think I, I kind of agree with with Dr. McCullough. I don't think the balls were dropped. I think that some of this is just, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's bad actors inside the government <laughs> that are utilizing the government and the power of the government. To achieve their personal goals, there's there is no other explanation that I can think of. If the people in the government were honestly trying to do what they could to help people to prevent infection, to stop the spread, this would have been over in April of 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because See, that, there are
1: so point. there are so many options out there. I mean, yeah. uh, Doctor Ferrer, who, who is a friend of mine, um, they actually had a paper that they published. But people have shown, I mean, researchers have shown that not only does xylitol block viral adhesion, non, but, but they've done studies showing that saline does, that just using baby shampoo and nasal irrigation, which again is a very common practice. Um, all of these different things, nitric oxide that you guys mentioned, there's a, there's a wide variety of things that we could actually utilize in our airway that you know could help, that the government has... I mean, apparently, I mean, in my opinion, it feels like they are trying to suppress it.
0: Yeah, I don't it's know. It's very why. clear. It's very clear. And, you know, I love the way you phrase that. I'm sure that caught your attention too, uh, Dr. McCullough. Bad actors in the government. I wrote that down just now as you said it. Uh, that's a good way to phrase it up. There were a lot of bad actors out there. And the problem is they're still stirring the pot. Uh, There's still suppression going on. There's still no freedom of information. In fact, there's lawsuits being filed, and they're still pushing this narrative, which is unbelievable. Now, a little bit later, I want to talk about the lawsuit specifically, because what you're hearing here today, friends, and when you hear the voice of Nathan Jones, what he's speaking about, he's had a hell of a run-in with the government, uh, with lawsuits that are still going on, uh, as well as other companies are, as Dr. McCullough was just speaking about. So Obviously, there's a, a full court suppression uh, out there with a, a full court attempt uh, to uh, continue this narrative. But how long can they keep it up? You know, Dr. McCullough, you you're, you're out there, uh, um, as you say, meeting and greeting people. You're you're you know, uh, become the face of a lot of this. You you have a a, a sense of. Um, uh the timing, I mean, how much longer? I mean, I think we're seeing some bright spots, I would suggest to you, and you speak about that better than I, but how much longer can they continue this charade, do you think, or is this coming to an end?
2: You know, I certainly hope it's coming to an end. We get a lot of hope when we hear news pieces like this. Let me read this to you. Uh, this was dated February 21st, 2022, and then updated February 22nd, 2022, 20, uh, Uh, And The title is, GOP Congresswoman Wants to Know Why Feds Have Not Promoted Nasal Spray to Treat COVID-19. Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace is demanding answers from the Health and Human Services Committee uh, about why federal agencies have not promoted nasal sprays as a treatment and prevention of COVID-19. Now, here's a congresswoman, and this has come into her circle. And, um, you know, when this type of thing comes forward... The real question is oversight. Who is providing oversight over HHS, the NIH, CDC, and FDA? And if Nathan is right, and I think he is, that, in fact, people have bad intentions in these agencies, our only hope is for oversight. But I got to tell you, when this makes the national U.S. news, people should pay attention.
0: Yeah, and and I remember that story when it came out about uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mays. Uh, The question I have is, did she ever get the answers she demanded? Do you know?
2: At this point in time, nobody in the Senate or the House has gotten any answers. They've been stonewalled by our federal agencies, and it's only through court documents. So what was released yesterday was fairly stunning in that several entities are either through FOIA or through uh, active lawsuits uh, suing Twitter and the CDC. There was a tranche of documents released uh, yesterday that the CDC was having active uh, meetings with social media like Twitter. And they were identifying accounts, they were identifying themes, and they were finding ways of suppressing a message. So you can imagine a message like uh, nasal washes uh, coming into their crosshairs for active suppression, because it would have actually led somebody to having some hope that they could make it through COVID-19.
0: That's exactly it. That story you mentioned, I'm going to be covering on uh, Viewpoint this Sunday. In fact, I'll plug that right now with you all. And uh, what Dr. McCullough speaks about there, the CDC coordinating with big tech to censor Americans. Uh, this was eye-opening when I read the results of this uh, and um, what, what has transpired here. That was my point, uh, Dr. McCullough, is A lot of this is, you can't hold a lot of this truth back. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. I mean, so it was surely... Uh, the, the the tea leaves have to tell a story here and they and they're doing that, I think, but uh, you know I still the government agencies and the the holding back of information and from uh, the, the the CDC and the FDA uh, we, we see what's happening around the world with all of this as a push right now to over censor everything. Um, and uh, it, it's it's a sad day in America. Uh, we don't expect that here in our country here. Now uh, what what I want to do here, as, as Just before we take uh, just a quick pause, uh, my, my friends, uh, and we'll continue on here with uh, Nathan Jones and uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, my goal today was a couple of things. Uh, number one, to draw attention to the early suppression, and there's nobody better to talk to when it comes to uh, the uh, Again, the early treatment suppression. than the, my dear friend, Doctor Peter McCullough. I mean, he he's he was there. He knows what that is all about. And we've been fighting that fight here at America Out Loud from the early early days of this thing, very clearly. Uh, so, and I also knew bringing an expertise of uh, 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 of nasal hygiene, uh, Nathan Jones was going to be terrific to do that. And the thing I like about Nathan and what I've read on a lot of his material and backup he he's really after more of the truth and all of these stories. He's less about pushing a particular product or an idea. He's open minded to whatever that truth is. Now, that's what I've sensed already. That's why I knew we could have this conversation uh, in in the way that we're having right now to bring, again, the truth to the airwaves, the out loud truth. What I always tell you right there, it's uh, very, very important. So I want to talk when we get back and on the other side of this. I do want to talk more about xylitol. Still want to know a lot more about that. I want to. We're going to dive into some of that, and then this massive lawsuit that we will talk about here—the FTC, uh, the suit that uh, Nathan is having to defend—and uh, it's a good case study, actually, for a lot of these suits and a lot of these problems that uh, companies are experiencing uh, by by pushing. Uh, against uh, these bureaucrats. Really, that's that's the only way I could say it there. So anyways, that's a lot what we'll talk about next year. Now, within all of this, there are things we can do in our lives that will make an ultimate difference. I mean, I've learned so much about that. I, I, we talk about a lot of these products on America Out Loud because we're all, I've, I've always been about good health. I always believe lifestyle is so key. I just I, it's hard to explain but just the way we live our lives getting out and just simply walking every day what we take in our bodies so i always talked about healthy cell things of that nature there's another product i want to bring to your attention which ties into the and part of information that dr mccullough was just talking about and i and i want to bring it to your attention because i it'd be interesting too for nathan to find out about this later on but it's the genesis fogger i want to bring to your attention right now is one of our strategic partners here at america out loud now the reason is There's a product in this called hypochlorous, uh, H-O-C-L. And H-O-C-L is powerful in that, in fact, if you have a nasal hygiene product, if you have good health, like a healthy cell, uh, the the nutraceuticals uh, that you're putting in to fight these sort of things, to boost your immune system I'm talking about, and you have a product like the Genesis Fogger, Well, I'll tell you what, I don't think there's any pox or virus or problem and colds and influencers are going to have to be fearful for because you'll be set up for success. There's no doubt in my mind. Hypochlorous is another very unique product. I love these products that I'm still discovering in my life, but it's 100% hypoallergenic, 100% non-toxic, safe to use around the kids, the pets, the plants. You can wash your fruits and vegetables in it. You can do all kinds, I mean, it, you can take a bath in it, I would imagine. I don't really know, don't try that at home. But anyways, it's very, very safe is what I'm suggesting to you. And uh, so hypochlorous goes into the genesis fogger is what happens. And the Fogger puts a dry mist in the air, and it kills the superbugs, the pathogens, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. Now you see the importance of this product. It's fantastic. So let me give you a site now. You can check out the studies and the information, GenesisFogger.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 15% off the cost of that Fogger, you have to use the code out loud. You can click the banner ad too, as well. Back at America Out Loud to get the same thing. Okay, right there. Uh, the other piece to this, I just want to throw in real, real quick here, is um. And that is uh, the, the story about uh, Dr. Simone Gold, the frontline doctors. Everybody remembers her in the white robe and all. Remember those pictures we seen on the television of the broadcast when all that craziness was going on about hydroxychloroquine and Trump threw it out there in the press conference and everybody went berserk. You remember that? Yeah. So she was one of those doctors there. And so she became a uh, target, as uh, many did, in the frontline community that were pushing for the outlaw truth. And uh, what happened is uh, because of that and her um, uh, passive involvement of being in the wrong place at the wrong time in the September uh, 6th, whatever you wanna call it, quasi shoot down that they're trying to do here to keep Trump out of office. uh, They are, um, uh, with all of that, uh, they have, uh, she's been sentenced, uh, it's it's being called selective prosecution, but she's been sentenced to 60 days in jail. So part of this uh, awareness uh, program for uh, Genesis HOCL is to give some money to help her with the legal fund and all of that. And so 10% of those proceeds would go back to help Dr. Simone Gold, which we are pleased to do here at America Out Loud. Uh, again, it's it's truth, people. It's truth. Out Loud truth. And we're going to push that all the way. So anyways, Dr. Simone Gold, God bless you and uh, wishing you well. And those proceeds from the sales of the uh, H-O-C-O, Genesis HOCO, again, go to help her battle out. So please keep that in mind as well. We're going to take a quick pause my fellow americans and to my friends around the globe and we'll join you just on the other side you're listening to the voice of a nation our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime you'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of americaoutloud.com
2: i'm dr peter mccullough let me tell you, this is an innovation. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL. This is a form of hypochlorite. This is a powerful disinfectant uh, that is tried and true. It's for sure kills SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, but many other pathogens, including bacterial as well as uh, mycofungal Pathogens, And so this is terribly important in households, particularly where there's a lot of traffic. There's opportunities for dust mites, opportunities for spores uh, and other uh, microbes to invade your life. If you've ever had uh, someone sick in your home, a senior, for instance, they're at risk for uh, Clostridium difficile, um, enterocolitis, as well as uh, staphylococcal infections. Clearly COVID-19 is a chronic threat Uh, in and out of our households with vulnerable individuals, enter the Genesis Fogger. It is a powerful mister. It's a dry mist and it does cleanse the air. It does uh, have a tremendous uh, disinfectant capability for the room. It's used for industrial purposes uh, and elsewhere, but now it's brought to you in your home to better defend you against SARS-CoV-2, the virus, COVID-19, as well as a host of other pathogens. You can uh, uh, bring it around to different rooms and treat different rooms with the Genesis Fogger systematically, just like you would clean your rooms in terms of household cleaning. But in this case, you're disinfecting the rooms with the Genesis Fogger. So if you go to uh, the uh, promotional code and enter in out loud, you can receive a discount off of your first purchase. So go to the Genesis Fogger website and take a look at it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating.
3: Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep, with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
0: And we join you back here my friends on the voice of a nation it is malcolm out loud here yours truly and always a privilege to be with you thank you for joining us i've been looking forward to today's program mostly the thrill i get in what i do is the people i get to interact with uh it's it's remarkable it's amazing actually and the, the level of expertise on america out loud is incredible it's second to none uh and that's been the joy of a lifetime it i I, well, like I said earlier, I have to get up some mornings and pinch myself to think I get a chance to live my life and work 24-7 doing a job that's really not a job at all, uh, which is why I, we tend to work so hard at this, because it's what we uh, enjoy doing. It's what we want to do. And that's that's a beautiful thing I wish for everybody in their life, actually, is to do what you really love. and um, Then you never work a day in your life, right? That's the way it should be. And that's what we're doing here at America Out Loud. The Out Loud Truth is back on the platform, the website. Help us share that and get it out there uh, around the world. Uh, our audience is global. As many of you know, we have a lot of Australians, New Zealands, Europeans, and others around the world who tune into the network. So people hear this signal worldwide as well. But uh, we surely stand for liberty and justice for all. Now, we're on the mission here today of early treatment suppression, as we've been talking about up front in the program. Nathan Jones is the founder and CEO of Clear. It's a xylitol-based uh, sinus and oral care uh, product line, if you will. Uh, xylitol is the interesting piece of that I want to talk a little bit more about. And Clear is X-L-E-A-R. And then uh, our very own Dr. Peter McCullough is here. And uh, we're uh, sort of coming through and trying to, it's, well, uh, I Thread the needle is what I would call it. Thread the needle to, to make a case here. Uh, talking about a lot of the suppression, uh, Dr. McCullough just mentioned that other massive story, which uh, the CDC coordinated with Big Tech to censor Americans. And uh, this is coming out now. Again, can't hold the truth back, people. It definitely will prevail here. Um, Nathan, I want to talk to you about Xylitol before we get to the uh, FTC and some of the nonsense there that you can help us understand better. Um so most people understand the povidone iodine and they understand some of the other products uh, the hydrogen peroxide and other things that you can dilute and do your own formulas and uh, on and on and on which we talked about. In fact, one of the most shared uh, posts on America Out Loud is a post that Dr. McCullough wrote back in, I believe it was 2020 um, or early 2021 but it was uh, on povidine iodine and it's actually the most shared post. It's on the front page on the COVID resources on the left sidebar if you want to take a look at that friends. Uh, you, know, you probably may have seen it, I don't know, one of the millions of revenue Already, Um, so uh, tell us more about educators in just a couple of minutes, please. About xylitol, what do we really need to know about this? Because I still don't understand why it is as effective as it is effective with nasal hygiene.
1: Well, that sorry. Um, Well, that question right there is one that we're we're really trying to find the answers to. Right now, we're working with the theory that that really, if you look at human history you know, going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it's really only been in the last couple of hundred years where we have really been eating a lot of of glucose, fructose, sucrose, those kinds of sugars. You go back before that and we were were eating other sugars. The only time we really ate these other, you know, six carbon sugars was when fruits were in season and when we had access to honey um, or other, you know, stuff like that. Most of the foods that we ate, tubers, um, vegetables, uh, you know, woody fiber stuff, that's where xylitol comes from. And so if, if, if you take the natural microbiome that is healthy for us, the ones that we've been having in our diet and in our body for thousands of years, that is a microbiome that thrives and lives with us with utilizing five carbon sugars. Um, what we're looking at, and we have, we're doing some pretty phenomenal research. I think it's phenomenal, um, you know, where we're actually looking at the oral and the nasal microbiome and seeing how that those bacteria shift from from bacteria that are pathogenic to us to bacteria that are commensal or or actually beneficial for us.
0: Isn't that interesting? I, I love to hear that with those studies and what happens. So we're really, we're really not with 100% certain how or why that xylitol has the success it does against that then at this point.
1: Well, we, we understand a little bit of, of the how. And that is, is that the bacteria that, that really effectively metabolize six carbon sugars, the strep bacteria, the staph bacteria, these bacteria, when they eat those sugars, they create acid. And that acid is really what happens in our mouth. Um, and they also grow a lot faster when they're eating six-carbon sugars. Um, they, they can metabolize five-carbon sugar, the xylitol, but they do it much more slowly. And they don't, they don't replicate fast enough to where they really become
0: pathogenic. Okay. All right. So, uh, Dr. McCullough, what do you know about uh, xylitol? What have you been able to find out or understand about it?
2: You know, it's been known in our field for a long time <clears throat> that it's anti-cavity in the mouth. And so this unique aspect of having it relatively suppressed pathogenic bacteria has been leveraged actually by dentists and others making oral rinses. Uh, when Nathan was talking, I th- thought of the problem among doctors of, uh, and nurses of nasal carriage of staphylococcal organisms. You know, And in published studies, about 25% of doctors actually are carrying staph in their nose and it's a relative disaster if a surgeon would sneeze on an open wound let's say a chest wound there could be a staphylococcal infection in a you know after in the middle of cardiac surgery for instance and i've used that to defend the use of masks and i think masks are appropriate uh, during surgery heart catheterization dentists dental hygienists people working at close range you actually do want to suppress droplet spread uh, but the use of xylitol as this uh, very interesting suppressive agent for pathogenic bacteria, and then modifying favorably the the microbiome. Remember I had on the McCullough Report, Dr. Sabine Hazen, who is working in California on the GI microbiome. And how this is related is the bacteria in the the nose and the oropharynx and down the esophagus into the GI tract, they are Continue. They're in a continuum with one another. They're not the same bacteria. They change, but they're actually in relationship to one another. And what she's been able to show in the stool data <clears throat> is there clearly are people who have a favorable microbiome, and they are extremely resistant to SARS-CoV-2. They tend to have, Nathan, Nathan mentioned, and have very healthy diets. There are people who can't get the infection. And we know when people sniff and cough, they're constantly swallowing. So, in fact, whatever's in the nose and the mouth is going down to the stomach and then on through to the GI tract. So, all of this is cohesive, that if we start at the point of where bacteria and viruses start in the upper respiratory tract infection, we can change the natural history of disease. Mm,
0: wow, that's a that's a quotable quote right there, man. That is, that is strong. Uh, if we could change uh, those diseases, the, the outcomes that would be fantastic. There were back in January 21, there was a, a study here, BioRxiv, about the further evidence of xylitol's effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 H1N1 and other viruses. Uh, And there was a piece of this, Nathan, uh, which I I wanted to touch on real quickly, because it got into xylitol and grapefruit seed extract, GSC, which is also quite fascinating. I'd like to know more about what you know on that. But the studies concluded the combination therapy with GSC and xylitol may prevent spread of viral respiratory infections, not just for SARS-CoV-2, but any other future H1N1 or other viral uh, epidemics, uh, GSE significantly reduces the viral load, while xylitol prevents the virus attachment to the core protein on the cell wall. Tell us about that GSE and that study, please.
1: Well, GSE, is it stands for grapefruit seed extract. And we, 20, gosh, 22 years ago, I'm starting to sound old, um, but 22 <laughs> years ago, when we started selling this product, the natural products industry was the very first industry to pick it up. And there was a chain of stores. It's it's now gone. I mean, it was bought up by Whole Foods, but there was a chain of stores who came back and said, no, we're not, we don't want to use a product that has benzylconium chloride as a preservative. And so we had to find a different preservative. And we ended up using grapefruit seed extract. We didn't think anything of it. It was a preservative. It's there to keep the product from some keeping stuff from growing in, in, the, in the product when people use it. You know, when you're putting stuff up your nose, there's a good chance that you could possibly contaminate it. Well, it wasn't until we actually do started doing research studies, looking at the SARS-CoV-2 and, and the COVID-19 issue, um, that we started realizing that, you know, I mean, so the genesis of it and how our understanding grew is when COVID happened, we sent our nasal sprays up to a lab at Utah State University And what they found is that our nasal spray deactivated, annihilated, whatever you want to use to destroy the virus, you know, in minutes. And we, we looked at it and we said, okay, what it's doing is the xylitol. We thought it was the xylitol. And we went through three more rounds of studies before we actually came back and said, no, it's actually the grapefruit seed extract that we use at a 0.2% solution in our product that was killing and deactivating the virus as effectively as a 70% solution of rubbing alcohol, which was the control in the study.
0: So the GSC is in the product then?
1: Yes. That it is a preservative. Okay. And we've been using it for, for two decades. Okay. And you know, and, and other companies use it as a preservative. It's it's completely safe. But you know, one of the things that that, and this is just my opinion, hmm. one of the things that I have learned from all of the research studies that have been done and all of the studies that we have done is that that the SARS-CoV-2 virus is not a very strong virus. It's rather weak. Mm. It's easy to block it. I mean, we've done studies showing that xylitol blocks it, erythritol blocks it, sorbitol. There's a a lot of sugars that block it from adhering to the tissue. There's a ton of things that will actually destroy it. Mm. Baby shampoo. It's the fact that that early on you had somebody in public health who came out and said, Hey, if you get sick, go home, don't do anything, self-isolate, let it grow, let it replicate, let it take over your body. And when you get really, really sick, when it really we can make a bunch of money, then finally come to the hospital and we'll we'll see what we can we'll do. We'll put you
0: on a ventilator and you'll
1: die. I mean, that's that is the only explanation because mm. We've done a lot of research and I've seen a bunch of research and I'm sure that Dr. McCullough has seen some of it too, where it really, it is not a very strong virus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen to what you said there, Dr. McCullough. I mean, you're, I mean, my, I can't even wrap my mind around what we're talking about here that it's, it's really in its simplest form. We can manage this as people, but yet it seems like there are those who don't
2: want to. It's almost, I know, it's you know, strange, it's, it's
0: almost like population. I, I hate to say it, it's almost like population control. I mean, weird.
2: You, you, you know, it's, uh, you can't make this up. Uh, you mentioned our worldwide audience. I did have to pull this up from three days ago. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern yeah. said that we will continue to be your single source of truth, quote unquote. I, I mean, there is no more clear example of the government trying to control the information flow for the first time in a medical illness. Can you imagine if they controlled the information flow on, you know, cholesterol-lowering medicine or diabetes medicine or hypertension or cancer? We've never had the government be a single source of information. Malcolm, what's going on right now is a propaganda campaign. And it's been a propaganda campaign that is only promoting mass vaccination and doing everything it can to undermine anything that can help patients. You're right, and Nathan's right, the virus is easily destroyed. We know this because there's a whole variety of hand sanitizers that work. That HOCL, the Genesis fogger, it's a way of actually killing it in the air and on surfaces. And then in the nose, there's a whole variety of agents that can be used. Uh, One of the great advantages of the clear product is that it is designed for daily use. And I think out of all the products, is probably the most well-tolerated. I mean, people use it for uh, allergic rhinitis, chronic sinusitis. And, uh, and, the, and the other thing that's really wonderful about what Nathan said is, is serendipity. There is so much in medicine in terms of advancement that comes through serendipity. Most of it's not planned. So it's serendipitous that the grapefruit seed ac- extract actually is the the agent that is uh, uh, is working against SARS-CoV-2. It's by serendipity and it's only through careful research. Can you imagine a world where the government controls everything and there's no opportunity for serendipity? There's no opportunity for discussion. And in fact, the population is being railroaded down a wrong direction on public health.
0: Well, that in in fact, is the crux of the problem. As you mentioned earlier, the the CDC coordinate with big Tech to censor Americans. That story that's out right now, that is a that's a huge story. it's 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 significant uh, for all the reasons we're talking about. Um, there's a series of studies, friends, let me give you a website right now. and um, there's a series of really interesting information. Uh, you know, you might want to spend a little time there and uh, you know stay a little while, but it's at... um, uh, just you can go to clear.com. Let me spell it for you, X-L-E-A-R.com forward slash science. Uh, so it's clear.com forward slash science. And uh, there's a whole lot of studies and information there. So it, it's, it's worth a trip here to just to get knowledge, basically. We're talking about knowledge here. Uh, and that's really what it is. Um, I want to dive right now in our last piece of this here to this. Uh, I, I just want to get to the crux, Nathan, of uh, what you're dealing with. So, so listeners can get a, a sense of what people like you and others in other companies are having to deal with to fight these bureaucrats, Uh, you either succumb and they control you or you push back and then you get into a heavy legal battle, which can be very costly. This is about the FTC suing uh, you all for falsely claiming nasal spray can prevent and treat COVID-19. And they say companies cannot make unsupported health claims no matter what family product takes or what it supposedly prevents or treats This is Samuel Levine, the director of the FTC uh, is uh, uh, says that, you know, Uh, give give us a sense of um, of uh, what's going on with that suit, please.
1: Well, I mean, it's in the discovery phase right now. And, you know, we're finding out a lot of of rather interesting uh, stuff. I mean, the FDA, uh, we've subpoenaed the FDA. The FDA has actually responded and given us most of what we asked for the CDC, the FTC. They're the ones that are actually fighting back and saying, "No, we're not going to share this data." But the difference between a court and a politician, a senator, or a congressperson, is that the courts, you, they have to share it. And so we're we are getting this data, and you know it's 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 actually sketchy, scary. Um, what they're the 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 stuff that we're finding out. I mean, so the FTC. They sent warning letters to us. They sent it to some of our competitors, Neomet, um, Navaj, and some of these other ones. And they all just said, "Okay, we're going to back off. We're not going to share the studies. And we kind of said, no, we have the studies. We have lots of studies showing how and why this works. We actually went to the FDA and asked if we could do it. We didn't ask for any funding. We asked if we could do a clinical trial with our nasal spray and people that had COVID-19 and the FDA came back and said, no, because you're not a drug in the FDA's guidelines, they don't allow drug action studies to be done with products that are not drugs. You have to be a drug to do that. Right. You know, we're a cosmetic, we wash, we clean. Okay. We don't, we're, we we don't prevent or, or treat any disease any more than hand-washing does. Okay. Hand-washing you know, if you say if you say hand washing is going to prevent a disease that makes soap a drug and it's not. But then after that, we went and we actually got a bunch of doctors and we worked with them to put together a petition to the CDC with all of the data that we had up to that point and asked the CDC to just issue some guidance. Just come out and say, hey, look at all these studies. There is zero risk in washing your nose. But there are lots of benefits. So if you're going to go with the risk reward profile, there's not a better product on the market or a better action that somebody could have done in dealing with COVID. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. McCullough, but I don't think there's a better risk reward profile for any other type of intervention when it comes to dealing with COVID than washing your upper airway.
2: I'd agree with that because properly done, it's fundamentally negligible risk. And the idea here that the FDA would not grant uh, an exemption that to say, listen, the company's exempt and they can go ahead and do research. The company was doing the right thing. They reached out to the FDA and said, listen, we want to do research in a disease state. That's the correct thing to do. And early on in the pandemic, I held personally, I held an FDA new drug application, an NDA. So the company was doing the right thing. But to basically have the FDA work to block The company's attempt to do research, which is effectively what they did, was showing that there was a global suppression of anything to help patients.
0: Yeah, you, you, um, Dr. McCullough, the, the, let me read this a real fast statement and have you opine. Uh, this is uh, an interesting statement, uh, Nathan, you have on your platform. It says here, recently, CLEAR has removed a number of scientific studies and posted disclaimers on our website and social media. We've done this at the insistence of the FTC, the, the Federal Trade Commission. We believe the FTC has no authority to stop us from giving you accurate scientific information. Moreover, the FTC lacks the scientific medical expertise to evaluate such data. However, we are trying to work with the FTC to fix this. That kind of tells you, Dr. McCullough, where this is in the the world of bureaucracy, doesn't it?
2: It's true. There hasn't been uh, a proper vetting uh, or proper agency function. The correct term to use and what's going on is malfeasance. It's wrongdoing by those in positions of authority. In this case, it's the Federal Trade Commission and the U.S. FDA.
0: Yeah. And uh, Nathan, get a last word from you on uh, your uh, your 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 vision of what you see happening now from this suit and with the product. Uh, What's your final word?
1: Well, I mean, this was a strategic move to to do what we did. Um, You know, we could have we could have walked away from it the same way everybody else did and said, you know what, we'll just we'll just walk away and live down in our foxhole and hide out until this all blows over. But our goal is to bring the concept of nasal hygiene to the front and center. We've been trying to get doctors, and we've been out there educating them for about 20 years to start including nasal hygiene. We've tried to get our government to do it. But, you know, you can go back to Ignaz Semmelweis, and when he first came out and wrote papers and said, hey, we need to wash our hands, the, the, you know, the standard medical community came back and said, no, no, we don't need to do this. We don't need to wash hands. In fact, his supervisor, who was a who was a, you know, a well-renowned doctor in Vienna, um, came back and said, no, it wasn't good enough for our forefathers. We're not going to do it. And if you keep talking about it, we're going to fire you. And he ended up dying a couple of years later in an insane asylum. Because they drove him mad because no one would listen to it. But yet his death rate for his patients, they were having a peripheral fever. Uh, You know, pregnant women were giving birth and they would die or the baby would die. And about 30% of the babies were dying in childbirth of the mothers. And just by washing these hands, it went down to 2%. Yeah.
0: But, there's no but nobody out. would
1: listen to it. And it. But it took 150 years because it wasn't until 1998 that it became standard of care and mandatory for physicians to wash their hands between sick patients. Yeah. And for dentists to wear gloves while they were working with their patients.
0: Well, as I stated earlier, it's now going to become, I think, we're not going to probably even, I said five, 10 years, could be sooner, but it'll be standard protocol. And I can see that from listeners and from others, that understand the value. We're trying to raise that awareness of nasal hygiene. My eyes are wide open on this thing and I feel very passionate about it very much. Uh, We've learned a lot in the last hour, my fellow Americans. Big thank you here to Nathan Jones, the CEO founder again of Clear and his expertise and knowledge out there um and uh, what he's trying to do here is a good man and uh, on a mission for sure and dr peter mccullough always for his expertise and uh, his love of mankind always uh, shines uh, through these moments here um my fellow americans and my friends around the globe thank you uh, for being with us here on uh, the voice of a nation it's time uh, to get involved and get loud america